It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. In 1992, Leeds United began the Premier League era, having just been crowned the champions of England and, in the following years, cemented themselves as a mainstay of the English top flight, providing iconic players and unbelievable moments. In the year 2000, Leeds United achieved their highest finish in the Premier League as the Whites finished third and followed that up with an incredible run in the Champions League. Oh, Adidas has Lee Bowyer has scored for Leeds United. David O'Leary can't quite believe it, but his team are in front against AC Milan. Hugo Smith! Oh! Unbelievable! It's another magnificent result for David O'Leary's team. And they have outplayed Anderlecht on their own patch here. Oh, it's in for Ferdinand! Rio Ferdinand has put Leeds United already on the brink of a multi-million pound trip into the semi-finals of the Champions League. Leeds eventually lost 3-0 to Valencia at the semi-final stage. And exactly three years later, on the 8th of May 2004, the club was relegated from the Premier League. It is the end of the Premier League road for Leeds United. I'm former Leeds United striker Jermaine Beckford, and for the next hour on TalkSport, we'll tell the story of the Yorkshire club's 16 years outside the Premier League in this special programme, Leeds United Ups and Downs. When Leeds United were relegated, my thoughts and views on Leeds United were, how on earth has this massive football club found themselves in this situation. I was playing non-league football, semi-pro for Wildstone, working for the RAC, fixing people's windscreens and making sure the sunroofs closed properly. The thought of playing for Leeds United, it was something that I could only dream about making a reality. It was something that in my lifetime shouldn't have been possible, but because I had the drive, the determination and the hunger, when it did happen, it was a dream come true. After relegation, fans were hoping to bounce back to the top flight at the first attempt, but were left disappointed as the club finished 14th in the championship. Brian Dean had returned to the club in its first season in the championship and says the club was in a complete mess. When I came back, um, it looked to me as though, as though everybody who wanted to or was trying to pick the bones off and just left internally, inside Leeds, it was an absolute disaster because the club is uh, it's like one of them um, one of them shops when it's getting closed down and everybody's coming in and taking out all of the um, all of the rails and everything like that. It really was like that, and it was it was just sad to see. I mean, while I was there the first time, we we finished um, fifth the first two times. Before I'd got there, they'd won the actual title. And they'd had a lot of success in Europe. And um, I think it was a reminder at the time to everybody what can happen in football if a club's not run properly. Uh, I mean, while I was there the first time, we, we'd finished um, fifth the first two times. Before I'd got there, they'd won the actual title. And they'd had a lot of success in Europe. And um, it was like being a house on sand, I think. I think, you know, 
They'd built a house on the beach, basically, with no foundations. Midfielder Sean Derry had also joined the club. As a player, I was just delighted to go to Leeds. It was a um, one of them clubs that when you grow up and you look at British football, and I always put them in a category of a top six club. So to be invited to go and play for a football club was just unbelievable. Incredible for me. Incredible um, to be offered that opportunity. Getting into the club, it was a club that was... Um, if you can use the expression finding its feet at the level, that's exactly what LM Road and Leeds United was at that time. We still had a, a number of players from the Premier League. Gary Kelly, um, Dubry was still there. Um, one or two others who didn't get chopped at the end of the previous season were still there and perhaps on bigger contracts. And they, they might have had slightly different worries to people like myself who wanted to go there for a fresh opportunity. I think that season we finished 14th. Yeah, yeah it was 14th and it was a... Um, it was one of them seasons where you just accepted it. There was cost-cutting taking place every every day. You know, speaking to the likes of Gary Kelly, who I was fortunate enough to to room with, he was telling me about the old Leeds United, the Premier League Leeds United, and how they were travelling and the hotels they were staying in. I'd become accustomed to a certain way of travelling in the hotels we were we were staying in as a Championship footballer. So it was no different to me for me, but for the for, for the for the lads who had experienced the Premier League with Leeds, I'm sure they'll tell a different story to me. But the 2005-2006 season brought fresh hope as Leeds, now managed by Kevin Blackwell and owned by Ken Bates, found themselves taking on Watford in the playoff final in Cardiff. It is a match worth millions of pounds. But it's also a match worth millions of memories. It is Leeds United against Watford for a place in the Premiership. I could have been wearing the gold shirts of Watford. I had been training with Watford and A.D. Boothroyd, after my second training session, decided to offer me a contract. I said I'm going to give my agent a call and have him with me while I signed it. And when I did give him a call, he said to me, that's great. However, there was one more club that were interested in me, and that was Leeds United. It was a very easy decision for me to make, but it was a very difficult conversation to have with A.D. Boothroyd. He understood what my position was, and he understood why I had to join Leeds United. He wasn't happy, don't get me wrong, but he understood. He wished me well, and he said we'd meet again. He wasn't wrong. losing team unfortunately I wasn't in the squad so after the game finished he said to me I told you you should have joined us I said I didn't mind because I was at an amazing club with amazing fans and an amazing opportunity in front of me I didn't make the matchday squad but one man who was on the pitch that day was Sean Derry really weird really weird I've lost a playoff final before and this was very much different I think, again, the word expectation was massive because having beat Preston in the semis, respectfully to, to, to Watford, I think most people expected us just to turn up and be the out-and-out winner heading back to the Premier League. Obviously, you know, those in and around the, 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 the football club and the players in particular know that was a different challenge altogether. We just didn't turn up. We didn't turn up. I didn't. I, I don't think the. I don't think the management turned up. I don't think the coaches turned up. The players definitely didn't turn up. It was just a perfect storm on the day. Um, we were up against a really dogged, determined Watford team. Um, we'd made a number of changes as well. We had a couple of red cards in the second leg of the semi-final, so that affected team selection. And I think I can remember starting the game and. Um, looking around the, the Cardiff Stadium and still seeing floods of Leeds United fans coming in through the, through the, um, through the stadium, sitting in not Leeds United end, you know, in the, in, in the Watford end. And I, again, goes back to, was the game too big for, for us? Was it, was it? It shouldn't be because, you know, you go there and you're, you're a Leeds United player and you expect to um, perform. 
But we didn't turn up. It was a horrific display. This playoff final defeat to Watford was to be the closest Leeds would come to promotion to the Premier League for another 14 years. After missing out, I had hoped to be part of another Premier League promotion push the next season, but things couldn't have gone worse for the club. Sunshine in Yorkshire, the sort of weather for a promotion party or a cup final, but not today, not in Leeds. We'll look at that next in this special programme, Leeds United Ups and Downs. Welcome back. I'm Jermaine Beckford and this is Leeds United Ups and Downs, a special programme on the Yorkshire Club's 16-year battle to rejoin the Premier League. We've just heard how Leeds fell at the final hurdle in the 2006 Championship Playoff Final, but this was to be as good as it got for the Ellen Road faithful. A poor start to the 2006-2007 season saw boss Kevin Blackwell sacked and replaced by Dennis Wise. Gus Poyet joined Wise as his assistant. We had an understanding of football with Dennis, a way of making the players represent us pretty similar to what the fans of Leeds expect from the players. That passion, that commitment, that aggressivity. And we, we, didn't, we didn't find that. I think it was a, it was a, a little bit of a, a, a group of players that they were a little bit shocked of being in the second division in championship. A little bit shocked of being in a... In a in a bad situation in the league, uh, with so much responsibility and so much pressure, that it was not really the strength of the team, the mentality surrounding the, the group of players. Do you know what? Man management-wise, they were brilliant. And they both had unbelievable techniques still. They joined in with training with us. They've still stood out unbelievably. And they were 10 years older than us. They should have signed themselves. Honestly, when Gus joined in, head and shoulders above everybody else we had. Head and shoulders. So like we obviously said to him, look, why don't you why don't you join in? Why don't you be part of it? And he was like, oh no, no, no. My knees, my knees. The managerial combination of Poyet and Wise were unable to find a winning formula at Ellen Road, and financial problems hit Leeds once again. Ken Bates placed the club into administration, only to buy it back again just hours later. This move by Ken Bates was just one of many that angered the Leeds faithful. My name's Jeremy. I sat on the board of the Supporters Trust along with seven or eight other fans around the time Ken Bates was in charge. So what did he do that was so bad? Well, basically, he took the club to its lowest point in history by relegation to third tier, placed us in administration, somehow manipulated that process to stay in charge, sued any fan group that disagreed with him, used the media, usually his own, to attack anyone down to question him, Called the fans morons, sold Delph to pay for the East Stand. So where does he rank in terms of worst owners we've had? I would say he's top of that league, and that's really saying something. Any time anybody speaks about Ken Bates from a Leeds United perspective, fans, etc. I learn something new every time, honestly. Going into administration all but sealed Leeds' fate as we were handed a 10-point deduction. The club finished bottom of the championship and were relegated. 12 months on from a playoff final at Wembley and a chance to return to the Premier League. Leeds United have been relegated to League One. Six years on from their Champions League semi-final, the club will now ply their trade in the third tier of the Football League for the first time in their history. When I realised Leeds were being relegated to League One, I was on loan at Scunthorpe and I'd just been promoted from League One to the championship. And to find out that your parent team were going to be playing football in the league you had just been promoted from was a painful reality for me. My thoughts at the time were, if I was playing for Leeds United, would this have happened? I don't think it would have. Not to blow my own trumpet, but I know that I offered something completely different in terms of the attacking threat to the players we currently had in the squad. Knowing what I knew about League One from that season of being promoted with Scunthorpe, I knew I would have no issues with this Leeds United squad getting out of the league within the first year. However, that wasn't meant to be. Boxing world champion and diehard Leeds fan Josh Warrington remembers seeing his side go down. It didn't seem real that, that, that season when we got relegated to League One. It was like, oh, we're on a bit of a bad run. We'll, we'll be out of it. And all of a sudden, we were staring into the last 10 games. Like, buddy, we've got a right fight on his hands. And every fight were a, were a big, every game were a, were a final. And it just seemed to be... 
it couldn't get any worse. We were just becoming an absolute laughing stock. It seemed to happen very, very quickly. A few scenes ago, we're battling Giants of Europe, and all of a sudden, you know, we're, we're down there. You know, you think, oh, it won't be before long, we'll be back. We'll be back. But um, you start getting older, and, and then I started going down to, to Ellen Road on my own with my pals, and, you know, it were some, uh, as a fan, hard times, you know, very hard times when you're running down get a ticket on the night and you can still get a ticket on on, on the on the night when uh, there's about 20 minutes to kick off you can go get a ticket and still set you in the cop and you're playing like to Scunthorpe and, and that's no disrespect to Scunthorpe or whatever but when you've been playing the Giants of Europe and all of a sudden you know the 16,000 in a in a championship game and then a league one game some very very hard uh, hard times as a Leeds United fan as if being relegated wasn't enough Leeds were then told they would start their League One campaign on minus 15 points. Leeds United have been granted permission to play in League One next season, but the club will start their campaign on minus 15 points after going into administration earlier in the year. The club have appealed against the sanction imposed by the Football League. As a squad, I don't think the awareness was there of exactly what was happening, especially with the administration, but there was an understanding that we would possibly be starting the following season with a points deduction. We didn't know how many points we would be starting with. And that was the biggest surprise when we found out it was 15 points, especially because the back end of the previous season, we'd already been deducted 10 points, I think. That was tough to take, but we don't ever do things the easy way and we never have things our own way. You know, it's just the Leeds United way. That's what it is. <laughs> Despite the points deduction, plus both Dennis Wise and Gus Poyet leaving the club mid-season, we finished the campaign on 81 points and finished fifth. However, without the points deduction of 15 points, we would have finished on 96 points, which would have seen us finish second. Unbelievable. If we'd not had those deductions, we would have been flying high. And I wouldn't have put it past us to, to have been able to get a back-to-back -back promotion. Leeds legend Gary McAllister had taken over from Wise in January and was now tasked with taking Leeds back up to the championship. But yet again, playoff heartbreak lay ahead. don't remember much I blanked it all out because it was so painful I'm a sore loser always have been always will be fans were crazy as usual loud and vocal as usual exactly as we expect Leeds United fans to be and they didn't let us down that day also playing for us that day was David Prutton we didn't collectively turn up I didn't have a good uh, particularly good game um, I was there in body and in spirit it just seemed like it was one game too far we'd done phenomenally well to, to turn over Carlisle over two legs in the semi-finals and almost felt like we peaked in that second leg. It was it was crushing disappointment and, and won a game that got away from us. For Leeds fan and Kaiser Chief bassist Simon Ricks, the result ruined what was set to be a perfect weekend. 2008 when the Doncaster final was, the day before was the day we played at Ellen Road for the first time um, in terms of the band playing at Ellen Road. So... Um, all through that season, it was like, I don't know, the band was like obviously going up and up and up. And um, so it's the end of 2008 was the season and like looked like we'd get promoted. And then obviously that would be the promotion party, it would be the gig. And then as time went by, it was like, all oh, right, well, it's going to be um, the day after, which is a bit, was a bit frustrating. The day after is Leeds at Wembley. So yeah, we played the gig and the gig was really fantastic and there was a lot of people obviously heading down to London very early in the morning, including us. We went in a tour bus and everything and uh, we woke up in Wembley Arena actually and used like the showers and all that Wembley Arena. We'd arranged to do all that. Had a game of football inside Wembley Arena and then we wandered over to the stadium and then it was obviously not very good. The 2008-2009 campaign saw yet another managerial change with Gary McAllister replaced by Simon Grayson and yet another playoff defeat, this time losing to Millwall in the semi-finals. Plenty in the middle here. 
Cagney very close to the byline, but still gets his cross in. Oh, they've scored! Jimmy Abdu has scored the goal, but could well send Millwall to Wembley. Here's my former boss, Simon Grayson, on that Millwall defeat. As you can imagine, in the dressing room afterwards, it was one of huge disappointment because we had a real belief that we could get to Wembley and then ultimately back to the Championship. Um, but the words we had in the dressing room were really about... We've got to use this as a motivation to go one step further next year, get automatic promotion um, if, if we could do. So a bit disappointed, um, stew on it for a few days, but when we come back in, in pre-season, we go again and we really give the, the, the club, the city, the supporters something to cheer about again. For Leeds United and the League One promotion hopes, it was to be a third time lucky. You are listening to Leeds United Ups and Downs with Jermaine Beckford on TalkSport. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, begambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Welcome back. I'm Jermaine Beckford, and this is Leeds United Ups and Downs, a special programme on the Yorkshire Club's 16-year battle to rejoin the Premier League. The 2009-2010 campaign was to be Leeds' sixth season outside of the Premier League and our third in League One. At the beginning of that season, we had the belief within the change rooms that we were unstoppable. We had the best squad and the best individuals in the whole of the league. My manager at the time, Simon Grayson, said it felt like nothing could stop his side. We started the season really confidently, had a real good start of winning games, got momentum going. And as you can imagine, when you when you do well at Leeds United, both home and away, the fan base just stays with you, encourage you, take you to another level, um, both home and away. And I've always said to players at clubs that I've been at that, be part of a new generation, a new history makers, um, being amongst the greats of, of the football club you're playing with um, at that time. And the players, like midfielder Bradley Johnson, felt the same. We had an unbelievable squad in League One. Um, you know, the likes of Jermaine Beckford, uh, Luciano come then. But we had, a, we had a great squad, you know, Johnny Howson, Fabian Delph. We had unbelievable players. And on paper, yeah, we, we probably were one of the strongest in, in the league. And then again, you know, wherever Leeds United go, the fans come in numbers. You know, it's like Leeds United are coming in town, so everyone comes out to watch. So we 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 did feel that pressure, but you know, once you go um, a goal up away from home with our fans behind us, you know, and you you feel the real fan, the passion of the fans, you know, it was it was pretty easy. But yeah, the, the pressures were on us because, as I said, we were favourites to go up that year. You know, the year before we. Just fell short. We, we we lost in the playoff final, but you got to remember that season. Um, we started with 15 points, minus 15 points, so we had a hell of a season to get to where we got to. But then the following season, obviously, it was our main aim to get auto, automatic promotion. 
and um, you know, can sit here and say we've done it, but we didn't do it the easy way, as Leeds never do. Our brilliant form saw us top of League One as 2009 became 2010. But then focus switched to the small matter of an FA Cup game, away at Manchester United. Four towards Beckford, and the ball's over Brown, and this is Beckford, he just ran away from him, but he'll still get a strike in and go, and score at the Stratford end for Leeds United, and it doesn't get any better than that for a Leeds centre-forward. Jermaine Beckford gives Leeds the advantage at Old Trafford to the I remember Johnny Housen battling with somebody on the far corner of the pitch. He won the ball, he looked up, and as soon as I saw the whites of his eyes, I dropped my shoulder, Johnny Housen put over one of the cleanest passes to me that season. I took an amazing touch on my left knee, maybe not so amazing, but the ball managed to run into my path, and I took a moment, saw where the goalkeeper was coming, and I've made a beautiful connection with my left foot that crept just underneath him and Wes Brown, who were sliding in. And as soon as the ball hit the back of the net, I had goosebumps all over me. Or was that Bradley? I'm not sure. We celebrated like there was no tomorrow. But we also wanted to get back to the job at hand. We also had another opportunity where the ball fell to me on the edge of the 18-yard box in the second half, where I lined it up and I hit it across the goal and it just went a couple of inches wide. It didn't matter. The final score read Leeds United 1, Manchester United 0. One man who was glad it stayed 1-0 was world boxing champion Josh Warrington. Here's why. I've gone and put a bet on in, uh, in bookmakers just at the side and I got 1-0 on and uh, I was an apprentice, an apprentice dental technician at the time and when that 1-0 went in, my palms were absolutely sweating and I... I I think I'd stunk two or three quid on and uh, I went on for 50 quid, but it was enough to fill my little Ford Fiesta up for rest at month until payday. And for the next 60, 60 or so minutes, you know, art were pounding, like I say, to get a result over, over there, you know, as um, rivals over the Pennines, but also for, for my bets coming. However, despite earning a replay against Spurs in the fourth round of the FA Cup, the league form dipped and a healthy lead at the top of League One shrank. I think one of the reasons for our form that season dipping after the Man United game was we put so much into the Man United game. And when you play against a team like that at their place and you end up coming away with a victory and playing as well as we did, you do kind of get a little bit complacent and you do think to yourself, well, if we can beat them, we could beat anybody. So the level of preparation from the player's perspective might not have been exactly the same as what it was leading up to that Manchester United game. I guess it's just um, trying to build yourself back up to a point where you get that same level of hunger back. The final day of the season arrived and it saw us sitting in second place behind runaway leaders Norwich. We needed a win against Bristol Rovers at Ellen Road and before the game Simon Grayson had a surprise for me. I remember on the morning of the game walking my dog and just confirming to myself what I wanted to do with the team. Thought about, for definite, bringing Jermaine back into the team. Needed a captain um, and decided, well, he's enjoyed the big occasions already. Maybe the extra responsibility will uh, will really um, make him stick his chest out and, and do something special again. So made him captain and we joked with him over a few months before that Snods would go in sometimes and give him the armband and then about two seconds later would say, can you pass that to Johnny or Richard Naylor? And and we did that on the day as well. And Snods said to him, he said, no, you are genuinely the captain today. And you could you could just see him have this sort of springy step even more that he'd come back into the team. He was going to lead him out Ellen Road for probably the first time and, and last time. And, and he thrived on that uh, extra responsibility. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Walking out, feeling like a leader and just to hear the crowd chanting, screaming even. just It was just carnage. Absolute carnage. And talking of carnage, things just weren't quite going to plan. Were they, Max? Now the referee has shown a red card. It is a straight red card. And Max Gradle protests his innocence. 
but the referee is pointing to the tunnel. He's absolutely furious with the referee, and he's furious with Jermaine Beckford, who's trying to prevent him getting into any further trouble here. Jones goes to the byline, gets his cross in as well. Kapoor arriving around the back, and it's a goal! And it's Daryl Duffy that has scored it. Daryl Duffy has got the goal, and Paul Trollope's side are into the lead. The atmosphere at Ellen Road had gone from being electric to being almost like a dull energy. It took us a little while to get hold of the game, but once it did, it was more like we had the 11 players and they had the 10. Johnson's ball in, Becchio in some space, House in there, House in Jones! Brilliant! Johnny Housen with the equaliser and Simon Grayson substitutes come up again! When Johnny Housen scored the equaliser, it was a moment of, right, lads, let's go and get the ball. We can celebrate this after we've won this game. And you could see straight away that the Bristol Rovers players, they crumbled because they knew what was coming. Chance for Bradley Johnson now. Johnson drives it across goal. Beckford! Yes! Jermaine Beckford puts Leeds into dreamland in front of the top end. So as the ball hit the back of the net, I was off. Into the corner. And I don't know if many people can remember it, but I did a little skip. It was a bizarre skip, but it was a skip nonetheless. The night before, myself and my missus were watching a Michael McIntyre stand-up comedy. And he did this skip where he did both hands swinging at the same time. Very bizarre. Difficult. Give it a go. She said to me, when you score tomorrow, not if... I want to see that skip. <laughs> so I did it. And I just got piled on. Josh Warrington was in the stands that day. That game against Bristol, I remember, I couldn't get a ticket because I couldn't afford it at the time. You know, missed payday. But then when, I, when I'd been paid, um, one of my pals I said, oh, I can't make it. Do you want my ticket, Josh? And I was sat in North East Corner. So I snapped it up for him straight away. But um, what a relief after that. And I remember I had a fight around the, around the same time. Remember a, a few weeks later, so after the game had finished, you know, pitch invasion. I'd gone on pitch as well. Um, I don't, I don't mind saying so. Um, but I remember everyone going out into town to celebrate, and and I ended up just going to my old fellas for a, just to go see him because obviously I had a fight coming up, so I wasn't going to be going out on the the drink or anything like that. But I remember um, just been sat in his living room with ears still ringing and I didn't want to be sat there having a cup of tea with him. I wanted to be out in the city with, with everyone else. The League One days were over and another Leeds fan, the Kaiser Chief Simon Ricks, couldn't be happier. I went to Cheltenham Town away, we lost 1-0 and on the way back to the train station getting taunted, taunted by Cheltenham fans. <laughs> it just didn't feel good. So uh, just, yeah, any of those horrible away losses to teams that I don't know, uh, usually in lower divisions and leads. Me and uh, Nick, who was our drummer, went to Swindon away. Uh, we lost 3-1. And we stood in the... Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Swindon, but the away end's got no roof. So we just stood in the rain watching Billy Painter, who, like, no offence to Billy Painter, but he wasn't a very good footballer and he proved that by coming to Leeds and not being very good. Putting a load of goals past us. Um, so we drove out there. It took absolutely ages. Stood in the stood in the freezing cold and rain. Leeds got beat and looked awful. And then just a really long drive home. It's it's further than you think when you've lost and it's horrible. But with the end of Leeds' time in League One came the end of my time at Ellen Road. Everton have signed striker Jermaine Beckford on a free transfer. The 26-year-old who scored 85 goals in 150 appearances for Leeds United rejected a new deal after their promotion from League One to the Championship. Leaving Leeds was one of the hardest things in my life. I'd been at Leeds from the ages of 22 to 26. And when I walked through the door, I was a young, naive a little bit of an ego and a chip on the shoulder um, person alongside a player. But when I left, I had a level of maturity about me that I picked up from the fans, from the staff and the players that I've been fortunate enough to play alongside and learn from firsthand. It was a tough time for me 
tough time for me because when I walked through the door at Thorpe Arch, the training ground, for the first time to sign my contract, I said to myself, I want to finish my career here. This place is amazing. And by my end of my second year, I'd fallen in love with everybody that was connected with the club. So to say goodbye to those people that had been there beside me, fighting with me, going through all the ups and downs, all the positive times, the negative times, was one of the hardest things I've had to do. So Leeds United had got one step closer to the Premier League and with momentum behind them, the club hoped their stay in the Championship would be short and sweet. It's still Max Gradle for Leeds! That is brilliant! And Leeds are two up against the league leaders, Queen's Park Rangers. You are listening to Leeds United Ups and Downs with Jermaine Beckford on TalkSport. I'm Jermaine Beckford and this is Leeds United Ups and Downs, a special programme on the Yorkshire Club's 16-year battle to rejoin the Premier League. We've just heard how Leeds United were promoted from League One and in their first season back in the Championship, it looked like there was no stopping their march to the top flight under Simon Grayson. Leeds finished 7th in their first season in the Championship and that was the closest Simon Grayson would come to taking Leeds up. Hugely disappointing for myself to leave when we were only three points um, away from the playoffs. I think I think the club had just started to turn a corner in terms of a downward spiral again, unfortunately. The, the, the first year in the Championship, we beat QPR at home to go second in, in the Championship and and we were all believing that we had a real good squad. Like I said, we had Gradle, Snodgrass, Becchio, Housen was playing well, Johnson, Kilkenny, Schmeichel in goal. We had a real good team and, and felt that at second, and just a, another couple of additions in that January window would have really given ourselves a real platform to kick on the second half of the season. And um, ultimately, the powers of B didn't let me get a centre-back in that I really wanted to do to, to make us a little bit more secure. And then it was just, you missed out on the playoffs that first year, finishing seventh. And then you could just see it sort of, again, moving in the wrong direction. Max Gradle got sold to St Etienne, Casper Schmeichel went to, to Leicester. And these lads didn't want to leave, but they, they left because they got offers from the club and the club accepted them. Max wanted to go back to France and Casper only had a year left on his contract and the club didn't want to leave him, let him leave on a free um, and and then we had a mixed bag that second year in the season, but we were still within a a shout of of maintaining the playoff position. Um, Johnny Housen then gets sold in in the January as well, and and it was from then on you just saw the club changing hands and going in a downward spiral again. Leeds replaced Simon Grayson with Neil Warnock in 2012, but even he was unable to take the Yorkshire Giants to the Premier League lasting just over a year at the club. Warnock's departure in 2013 opened the managerial floodgates at Ellen Road, as in the next five years, Leeds were managed by Brian McDermott, who was sacked, unsacked, then sacked again, Dave Hockaday, a man literally no one had ever heard of before or heard of again, Darko Milanic, he lasted six games, Neil Redfern, a fan's favourite who stepped in to fight fires, Uwe Rosler, he lasted 12 games, Gary Monk and Thomas Christiansen both gave Leeds fans hope, but ultimately failed. And then it was the turn of Barnsley's Paul Heckenbottom, who managed Leeds for 16 games, took the club on a controversial tour of Myanmar and was sacked. For Leeds fan Josh Warrington, these were tough times. The club went, then went through a little bit of a rut. You know, people wanted, um, like, a, a, a Ken Bates out, then GFH and... Obviously, that's when the, the, the horrible times were coming in, the protest, and then, um, you know, the different managers from, like, Ockaday, Thomas Christiansen, Gary Monk. Um, and it was, just, it was just that, like, are we going to get lucky? It, it seemed that we needed... The only way for us to get out was either big, big, big investment, a big takeover, like someone who's going to come in and pump, shed loads of money 
to get us out or just a bit of a lucky run where no other team is going to you know, really take the championship by, by storm and, it, and, and neither seem to be happening. And, and like you say, I think that going down to the ground halfway through the season, it was like, asses is done. You know, there were never really no open. Even under Grayson, we were playing good attacking football and it were entertaining. It was getting to a stage where we were going down and you'd be looking to see a goal or, you know, you certainly weren't going to get into, into three or four goals. There were no passion, there were no fight. Like, Leeds United had lost its, you know, connection with the city as well. Like, for instance, you see it now under the new owners. They're all over, they're in hospitals, they're working with charities, but before that, it all gone. Yeah, they were some difficult, difficult times. In this period of nine different managers, Leeds also had a number of new owners who all promised a lot, but delivered little. In 2012, Dubai-based private equity group GFH Capital bought the club for £44 million. We looked at a number of clubs, but for us, Leeds United was the most attractive. What we want to say is that we're not going to be spending crazy money. Two years later, Italian Massimo Cellino buys the club. In this time, he found himself disqualified from owning Leeds twice for financial reasons and made some bizarre statements. The managers, the coach, I like the watermelons. They look good when you buy, you think you buy the best watermelon in the shop, but they don't let you open before they pay the bill. You pay, you bring them, and then you open the watermelon. Sometimes it's beautiful, and sometimes it's not good at all. Former Leeds boss Simon Grayson remembers a late night phone call with Cellino. I was at Preston at the time and um, I met Massimo and it was, it was one of them that my heart wanted me to go back to Leeds but my head was telling me that this wasn't quite right. Then in January 2017, after three years of mayhem under Cellino, Another Italian arrived at the club with big ambitions. This club has also been lucky with a lot of roller coaster experiences, uh, different owners in the last decade. Um, so I think the first objective in, in my co-ownership and management will be definitely to give more stability to the club and uh, bring this club uh, gradually to um, pro- in, a, in a progression to be a modern structure, a modern club, and be ready hopefully for when we could be back in the top league. Andrea Radrizzani with the help of former Arsenal managing director Angus Kinnear, as well as technical director Victor Orta, steadied the club. It wasn't all plain sailing for Red Rizzani in his first year at Leeds, with one of the more notable mishaps being the unveiling of a new badge, which was so bad that Leeds fans had to call Jim White. Wasn't the best. <laughs> Here's Chris who's going to give us his view. Chris, you, you, you like it, you look at it and you think, yeah, that'll do. No, no, I don't. <laughs> not at all. We've not been asked about this badge. Nobody's, nobody's stopped us going in or out of them gates saying, what do you reckon to this badge? What do you think to this badge? This badge does not represent our club. I think it's a disgrace. The tradition and the history, which you all know about, Leeds yeah. United are a massive club. Yeah. This is more like an NFL type of American football. I'd like to know the 10,000 Leeds fans that they've consulted are. Hey, listen, hey, Jim, I've got a three-year-old daughter who can do a better job than that. <laughs> <laughs> But then, in the summer of 2018, the club shook the footballing world. We have a very good excitement today. We're here to announce our manager. As all of you know, uh, we appointed Marcelo Bielsa. It's a very exciting day for the club. Um, we, are change- we are starting a new chapter in our life and we are very honoured to that Marcelo have chosen this club. Uh, to come back to Europe and coach for the first time in the UK. When I first heard Bielsa was signing for Leeds United to lead Leeds from the Championship to the Premier League, I couldn't believe it. He is one of the managers that some of the biggest and best managers in the world look up to and learn a lot from. Mauricio Pochettino and Pep Guardiola, literally just to name a few, have got nothing but positive things to say about him. They said he's the best manager they've ever worked under. Um, His level of scrutiny of the game is unrivaled. His obsession with the game, there's no one like him. So to hear that he wanted to come to Leeds United in itself was, for me, the best signing in a long time. 
The first season saw Leeds play some unbelievable football and make headlines by sending someone to look over a fence. Leeds United manager Marcelo Bielsa has admitted to sending a spy to Derby County's training ground ahead of their clash this evening. A concerned member of the public had yesterday called police after spotting someone acting suspiciously at the Derby training ground during a session with manager Frank Lampard and his players. But it all came to nothing as Frank Lampard's Derby County ended the club's promotion dreams. History is made at Elland Road. Derby County are the first side in playoff history to come from behind following defeat in the home leg and go all the way to Wembley. The Leeds players crumple to the turf. Bradley Johnson, who had won promotion with Leeds nine years earlier, played for Derby at Ellen Road that night. Before the game, I got a good reception. You know, and I know how it is throughout the game, I was getting stick, but that's fair. You know, I was, uh, I was the opposition player. But even then, after the game, you know, um, I remember, obviously, everyone was celebrating. I didn't really want to celebrate that much. You know, I saw... A few of the players on the floor, I, speak, I spoke to Calvin after and um, picked him up off the floor and said, look, listen, you know, I knew Harry felt um, because I'd been there before. Not much at a big thing because we weren't in the Premier League, but, you know, I lost in the playoff final um, with Leeds United in my first year there um, at Wembley. Um, and it was, I was, it was heartbreaking for me. And, uh, so I knew exactly how he was feeling, you know. As I said there, when you play for Leeds United, you feel like you're part of a family. And... Um, you see how much it affects the fans and it affects you as well. So I knew how he felt. Um, I picked him up and said, look, listen, you're a top player. You're at a top club and I'm sure you'll get there um, one day. It wasn't meant to be that day. But then after after the game, you know, the, we celebrated a little bit and then I, I still went over to a few of the fans because um, I knew a few of the fans there who are still diehard Leeds fans. They still sit in the same seats where they were when I was playing for them. So I went and said <clears throat> um, hello to them and they gave me um, uh, a warm welcome and, and said good luck in the final and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was uh, you know every every time I've been back to Leeds and 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 still look at their results, I always get a, a good reception and and that's just how being at a club like that makes you feel. You know, I've I've been left there many years ago, but if I went back there tomorrow, I still get a good reception. You know, and and it is it's, it's a part of me and it will be a part of me for the rest of my life because it's a club that I'll never forget playing for. Playoff defeat raised doubts about Bielsa's future at Ellen Road. But eventually, it was confirmed that he would have one more crack at promotion. And the rest is history. Fernandez with a lovely run into the penalty area. Bradford with a glancing header. And that was classic Bielsa play. It's Alioski. What a strike on the volley. Edge of the area. Celebrates in front of those Leeds fans who might just be going back to the top of the championship. Tries the shot. It's in. Pablo Fernandez wins it for Leeds United. Looks to have given Leeds a huge advantage at the top of the championship. And here goes the full-time whistle. Leeds United are so nearly there. One more point needed. But Smith Rowe's goal has secured championship status for Huddersfield Town. And Leeds United, after a 16-year absence, will be back in the Premier League next season. 16 years after falling from English football's top table, Leeds United are back. Fans had their ups. Coming back from 3-0 down at St Mary's against Southampton, scored four goals in 15 minutes. I think the West Brom 4-0 last year was unreal. We went to Old Trafford and against all odds knocked Manchester United out the FA Cup. Look no further than when Andrea Radrizani took over the club. You know what? We're ready. We're ready to be a Premier League team again. I couldn't be more proud of Leeds United. Fans had their downs. The Nottingham Forest 7-3 game. Ken Bates for me was probably the worst and the lowest. Probably my lowest moment was the playoff final in 2006. We got beat 2-0 by Hereford on a Tuesday night. Third round FA Cup tie against Histon. Hockaday, Milanich, Redfern, Rosler, Evans. Relegation from the Championship to League One, wow. The tenure of Massimo Cellino, it was hell. The heartbreak I felt when we lost to Derby in the playoffs. But what next for the Premier League's new boys? Here's Brian Dean and Josh Warrington. We've had clubs in the Premier League who, who are a lot smaller than Leeds. You know, they've got a solid, solid business plan in place. They're doing very well. If that happens at Leeds, you know, you've got to put them on the same level as the likes of 
um, I nearly said Manchester City then, <laughs> but um, you got to put them on the same levels as the kind of the Newcastles, the Everton's, you know, minus the kind of money that the top four clubs were getting. They're right up there in that mix as well. But you know, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of planning. But you know, I just hope that the club um, can stay in the division and, and do very well because. It's not just the football club, it's it's about Leeds as a city as well. You know, it's happening, we're back, we're going to be playing Giants week and we, you know, we're going to have like Man City's coming to Leeds, Man United's back to Leeds, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, all these teams are going to be coming back to Leeds and trying to explain to the missus who's not a massive football fan what it'll mean to the city when, you know, and the economy of, of the city and everything else when we've got, we're playing these big teams and there's big sponsors, big businesses back to Leeds. I'm smiling from ear to ear, honestly. So Leeds have had their ups and downs, but go marching on together to the Premier League. And I'm sure it's been worth the 16-year wait. I'm Jermaine Beckford, and this has been Leeds United Ups and Downs on TalkSport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds, we set them. Form guides, we've got them. Expert opinions, we share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds updates on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. 